for that coming of the Lord, because the advent not just looks back, but it looks forward. Forward, again, not when he comes in a manger, but when he comes in the clouds. We look forward, and so we're caught in this time of perpetual advent, as I might say. Where we come in this time of, as it was in those days, this looking forward to that Messiah coming back, and we wonder, is today going to be the day? We're sometimes getting caught up in confusion. This Sunday, as I mentioned, of Advent is about hope. Or in other traditions, it's about the prophets. As most Sundays in Advent will have a character that will go on. The Sunday of the prophets, and as, as people for thousands of years have been looking for the hope that comes. See, hope wasn't just read in the major scene. It goes back earlier and earlier within the first pages of Scripture. Hope is coming. God's people were always to be a people of hope, always looking forward, not just looking back in misery. The nation of Israel at the time of Christ's birth, they were looking forward to the hope of the Messiah. It had just been too long if you asked a good Jew in those days. They would remember some of the prophets, the words of the prophets. The child will be born. He shall be loved. Wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. And they were looking for those things as you and I may be looking for this morning. So I want us to look at a prophet. One of the great prophets, so he's not in the Old Testament, he's in the New. The prophet. John the Baptist. So pick up your Bibles or open your Bible app or open another tab on your screen to the words of John, the Gospel of John, the third chapter. Starting in verse 22, we read these words. After this, Jesus and his disciples went into the Judean countryside where he spent time with them and baptized. Now John was also there baptizing. And because there was plenty of water, the people were coming and being baptized. This was before John was obviously put in prison. And an argument developed between some of John's disciples and a certain Jew over the matter of ceremonial washing. The idea, they were trying to make sure they were prepared. Ceremonial washing were things that one did to continually make themselves clean. And there's always going to be a debate over traditions. And that is happening here. And so some of John's disciples came to him and said, The man who was with you on the other side of the Jordan, the one you testified about. Look, he is baptizing, and everyone is going to him. Let me stop for a minute, because we start to see what is going on. We're starting to see that the disciples of John are going, wait a minute, we're getting upstaged here. You testify about this guy. If you read in the first part of John, you can see that John said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. But some time has passed. And his disciples are going, hey, everyone's going to him. What about us? What about me? What about you, John? You've been doing a good work. What about you? To this, John replied, a person can receive only what is given to them from heaven. You yourselves can testify that I have said, I'm not the Messiah, but I'm sent ahead of him. The bride belongs to the bridegroom. The friend who attends the bridegroom waits and listens for him and is full of joy when he hears the bridegroom's voice. 
That joy is mine and is now been made complete. He must become greater. I must become less. Advent preparations. We must realize that, that if we are not careful this Christmas season, jealousy will come in many forms. Just watch the news. And then the advertisements by. You will become aware of what you do not have that you did not know you needed. If you're not careful, you will look under the tree and you may visit other people's house and see what is under their tree. Or you may realize your tree's not up yet. I've got to hurry. A season where in all our preparations we try to outdo one another or outdo the seasons of Christmas past. Uh, news that they will try to get the biggest story quickest as they try to compete with ratings to outdo their competitors. And we as God's people, we as churches are not immune to this. We too, if we're not careful, may go, wow, that's really cool. Why couldn't we do that? Or maybe we, like the disciples of John the Baptist, will hear about Maybe that new starter, that, that new way of doing things. And maybe you'll sit and go, I wish we just had a Christmas of old in our church. But now we're doing this new stuff and you get jealous. What about me? What about what has worked? And we become, maybe then we sit in this story. And if we're not careful, we will allow jealousy to come in. And while jealousy starts, bitterness is right behind. Because then we'll see the, the blessings of others. We'll see what is going on. And, and we will go, that's not fair. What about me? Why can't I have that? And all of the New Testament, one of the things it says over and over, get rid of bitterness. Bitterness will have you to blow out the candle of hope that is in your life. We'll blow out the candle of joy. We'll blow out the candle of peace. We'll diminish the light of Christ. Because bitterness will creep in and will darken all. And here in these words of John the Baptist, we start to see what you and I need to do. And one of the things we need to do is we need to remember our mission. The mission of John was to prepare the way for the Messiah. He says very clearly, I, you know, I've said it, I'm on the record. You can quote me, I'm not the Messiah. But I need to prepare the way. Is that not what truly in this season of Advent between the first coming of the Lord and the second coming of the Lord, is that not the mission still of the church? To prepare the way for the Lord to come. Not that we usher it in, so to speak. But our mission is to say, the Lord is coming, the Messiah has come, and He's coming again. Be ready for the coming of the Lord. Have you proclaimed He's the King of Kings yet? Because there's coming a day when you will proclaim He's the King of Kings. But now we get to practice it. We must remember our mission. Our mission is about pointing people to Christ. How do we do that? 
might need to change in the years to come. It may mean other things, but what it does mean is we must remember our mission and we must have a proper perspective on things. And John, he wasn't always perfect. We'll read later. He has his own doubts later on. When he goes to Jesus and says, are you the one to come? Because I'm in prison. Things haven't gone right. And Jesus says, here's what I've done. But here he has the perspective. He gives the perspective to his disciples. He says, he gives the wedding analogy. And he says, I'm not the groom. I'm like the best man. Now, any of you have been to a wedding recently? Some of you have. Pastor didn't hit a wedding recently. You know, historically, um, when you needed to have witnesses to the wedding to say it actually took place, uh, there were two spots for signatures. And, and most of the time, the two other witnesses, one would be the best man, and one would be the maid of honor or the matron of honor. You know, important. So you see, being the best man wasn't not important. You know, if you were the best man, there's responsibilities that go there. You have a mission to go there. But, and it's still true to this day, the best man's job is not to steal the bride the day of the wedding. Okay? You know, I've yet to have that happen. Lord willing, I'll never have to fight a best man off and say, back in your place. But see, that's what John's reminding his followers, reminding us this day that if we're not careful in our preparations for this Advent, this Christmas season, if we don't remember our place, it's like us trying to steal the bride at the altar. And he says these words according to Eugene Peterson. I kind of like how it says, he said, that's why my cup is running over. When we have been perfected, our cup will run over. This is the assigned moment for him to move into the center while I slip off to the sidelines. In the words of the NIV and others, he must become greater, I must become less. He's not saying, I'm not important. He's saying, I know where I am supposed to be best. And that is over here. As you prepare for Christmas, make sure Christ is the center stage. Make sure he's in the middle. This doesn't mean that we think of ourselves any less. That's not biblical humility. I thought of this morning while finishing it many, many years ago when I was teaching uh, every week uh, teenagers, more than I teach every week youth teenagers, but, you know, uh, when that was my only job, uh, so to speak. We did a, a, a series of biblical imagery and biblical humility. And we have this, uh, I, I looked at this character, Eeyore. Everybody know Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh? All right, Eeyore is not humble. He thinks of himself too low. And there's this Eeyore complex that if we're not careful, woe is me, type of a thing. That's not what John the Baptist, he's not saying, woe is me, so Jesus better go to our He's saying, look, at, look, he's the one. Okay? Look, he's the one who can get the job done now. So uh, having Christ in the center seat doesn't mean we think 
uh, awful of ourselves. It means we just know our place. And to some extent, it means we must think of Christ more. We must think of him more than we have before. See, we can run through this Advent time, we can run through Christmas and forget who Jesus is. We can make our Christmas tree the center attention. Whether whether it stays green or not, it's the perfect tree. Or we can remember that can be a symbol that points us to the one that is of Advent. So we need to prepare by making him free and us less. That's a hard task, isn't it? I can sympathize so much with John's disciples. Because they've given everything to follow John. They, they, they've been doing this for a long time. The blood about us. We're, what, what does this mean? If someone else comes, will, will people still want to talk to us, John? Will, will we still have a place in this world? And maybe that's where you, you are this morning. You wonder, in the midst of everything going on in this world, is there a place for you? Where, where do you fit in with things? Maybe you, you just don't feel like you're, you're quite fit in, in in this group over here or, or that group. You just wonder what's your place. And John says, look, there's a place for us all. And the bridegroom, the groom has come. Now you and I, we may not think much of that imagery, but throughout all of the Old Testament, that the, there's an imagery that the nation of Israel picked up on and was hoping for, and that was the fact that, that God said he had chosen the nation of Israel, his people, to be his bride. To be his mates. And so we see whether John intentionally had, I, I think he intentionally had this idea in mind when he said what he said. He said, look, if you are part of God's people, you are that bride. You are chosen. That's why you make much of Christ. That is why, as we uh, are in between this first advent and the second advent, we remind are reminded of the fact that there's coming a day when there's going to be a wedding supper, a feast, and you and I, as God's people, we are the And see, as I think of my own wedding yet this morning, back in 2008, the longest day of that year, Revelation, it was intentional. She wanted to make sure that it was the longest day every year that she could spend with him. All right? Uh, June 21st. Do you know how disappointed she would have been if my best man was the one at the altar when she came up? Uh, those of you who are watching online, you did not see my wife's face at that point in time, but you can imagine if you know her. All right? Nothing, well, never mind, I won't say it. But, you know, nothing against my best, my best man. He was my best man for a reason. But, you know, she would have been disappointed. 
or better yet, if our other groomsmen would have been the one there, which happened to be her brother. I can tell you what would have happened if either of those two would not have been there. There ain't no way. Right? Because who was she looking for when she went up those steps? Who was she going to be looking for? Me. Why? Because she chose me. And there's more truth to that than not. She chose me. And the reality is I chose her. And so anybody else would have been a true disappointment, and there is no way. She would have ran out the back the back doors. Alright? And then there would have been a funeral of many of the people the next week. But if you are married, you understand that excitement. You are expecting to see somebody else. And Advent is a reminder that we are expecting to see Christ. So don't get caught up in the fact that there are other people in this world that want you to see them. But you ought to look, as a bride looks for their groom on that wedding day, you ought to look at him and go, oh, wrong one. Next. But too often in our culture, we get sucked into preparations. And we forget the true groom, who is Christ. We forget that we are chosen by Christ. And we forget that because I think we have forgotten the words of the prophet of John the Baptist who says, He must become greater and I must become less. He must take center stage and I must go to the sidelines. Yesterday was a great day of football in a lot of regards. Some great games. Not many great outcomes. I know I have a son that was devastated yesterday. I'm still not sure how he went down the wrong path. As poor Josiah was devastated yesterday. As he's with his grandma, my mom, and my sister, and he just covered his head in shame and anger. Those of you who don't know, he's an Auburn fan only because of the Tigers. And, and they really know his war eagles. I tried to explain that to him. I don't know how they got mixed up down there. But they did. All right? But it was a great game. I didn't get to watch the second half of that game, unfortunately. We're all fun. I did watch all of the other day. You know, the lesser game yesterday that uh, was about noon. You know, with that, I don't know. It was, a, it was a great football game. But here's what I know about that. The great players, you put them on center stage. And everybody else stand at the sidelines so you can watch the best of the best play, whether it's on your team or others. And in your preparations for Christmas, not that Christmas trees aren't good, not that presents aren't good, not that decorated houses aren't good, but can I maybe say this to myself, to you, in our preparations? Maybe we make a point that Christ is the same. I'm not saying don't do those things. Please, don't hear me. But we can get so caught up on those things, we forget the main thing. And that is Christ. See, for you and I, maybe personally, we need to remember our mission as the church and as God's people. 
which is not to be the center. It is instead to say, as John the Baptist says, I must become less so he can become greater to these people. For he is the Messiah. He is the one. I am important, I think we could say John the Baptist, because I am the one who was sent ahead of him. A great role in the nation of Israel. So let us not confuse our roles. We have been left here with a job to do. And that is to make much of Christ. So as you prepare, maybe you will remember these words this day and the days to come. So that you too cannot be caught up in the jealousy that will come. The jealousy of what you have and what you don't have. But instead, may you realize that Christ says, I have chosen you. You are my bride. You are who I say. I am Christ himself. He would say, I love you more than you'll ever imagine. So I hope you will think of Christ more this Advent. And I hope our times together will help you do just that. Will you pray with me, Father God, we just thank you for this time. Lord, I just ask as we close our time in worshiping that we will make you center stage. That we will be expecting you. That we will think of ourselves in such a way that when you do something different, you, you get the center glory and we're going to go, okay, I'm just going to move to the sideline to let him show up and show off. I refuse to get in the way this Christmas of you. I refuse be told I'm more important than I am or that I'm less important than I am. Instead, I choose to look at you. Lord, I just thank you for this brief time. As we continue in worship, may this be pleasing, may it continue to be challenged, and above all, may you be at the center of all of us. We love you and we thank you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Will you stand as we